Well, welcome to the Inspire West Virginia podcast. How's it going, Tim Bradley? Eric Nutter, I'm doing good today. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Doing well. We are uh, kind of getting started into the groove of things here. We wanted to get started with our um, talking about some of these topics that we, we kind of mentioned in our, our couple of test runs of our podcast here. But uh, in today's episode, I think we're going to talk a little bit about coaching versus ruining. It's, it's a topic I, I wrote about a couple years ago. Uh, just using some personal experiences, some, you know, my days as a player, uh, as a coach, you know, now as an employee, as a company. So you can kind of take it full circuit uh, of all aspects of of the topic here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it full circuit or full circle? We we could probably go full circle. Mm -hmm. Um, I I did watch short circuit the other day. So it's just kind of stuck in in your head. Yeah. Johnny five. Yeah. (laughs) You you're really going back in the movie archives at this point every day. <laughs> I can't help it. It's I have that habit. So yeah, <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to keep going through these episodes and find out what you know how far back you have to go. Uh, especially during the pandemic, you're like in movies from the '70s at this point. You've worked your way back. I think when when did I, when did Short Circuit come out? Like in the '80s? Like it was in. So there was two of them. So the first one was like eighty. Four, I believe. Yeah. And the second one was like eighty six, eighty seven. So, gotcha. okay. uh, and, to, and to answer your question, yes, I, I have dated back into the seventies now with some of my pandemic viewing. Mm. So. Okay. All right. Well, we'll we'll dig into that more um, as we go. But okay, so with coaching versus running, let's let's start with your um, early days as at being coached. So we all have, in one way or another. Um, you know, been coached by somebody, whether that was literally on a sports team um, or whether that was as an employee or our boss in one one regard is a coach to us um, or just in life in general, you have certain people that sort of are an influence on you, whether that be a parent or just an elder of some sort that, that sort of gives you guidance and, and kind of coaches you um, through life. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about your experience being coached throughout your life. Um, well, I mean, I, I started playing sports at a young age um, in Southern West Virginia. Uh, you know, we didn't have a whole lot, so it was, you know, I'd get outside and play play ball as much, much as I could. Um, my my first coach, as with many people out there, was my, my dad. Um, mm-hmm. The old man uh, pushed me from an early age to, to try stuff out. Now was he um, was he literally your coach like uh, like softball baseball basketball kind of thing or just you mean just in life? Uh, well, both. I mean, in in life, he's still the person I reach out to every day mm-hmm. with with inquiries or you know, be it with life as a father as as a coach. That's mm-hmm. that's my go to. Um, yeah. But yes, I, as I started with with t ball and to baseball basketball, he was the guy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was to separate the you know, the dad and coach aspect was, was tough. And I'd see it now with my kids. But yeah. when, you know, once we stepped on the floor or on the field, he was coach. And you know, once we got back into the vehicle after a game or a practice, uh, he was dad again. Yes, and we, we talked about some of the aspects of, you know, he, he went with a lot of growing up. What did you do wrong? And, and how can you fix it? Yeah. And, 
you know, for for the longest time, I would get upset with that because I could have my best game, and, and he would find, you know, the little pieces of, of things that I did wrong, and and it took me a long time to understand it wasn't anything against what I did right. It was trying to improve the the aspects of what I did wrong, and you know that really helped me into being a better person, a better coach. Um, I take that with me into my job and as a and a dad now. Of you know what what's the areas that I can get better. You know, my goal every day is to be better than I was the day before. Mm-hmm. And you can have the best day. You could be the best person you possibly be, but you can still find faults. And, and where's areas that I can improve? Mm-hmm. So that that was a great you know coaching lesson that I learned at a very young age. Yeah. Do you think there's what 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 do you think the balance is on that? Do you think um, so? In to, in today's world, a lot of or at least the cliche is to say that everybody gets a trophy in today's world. I don't think that's, I don't think that's a hundred percent true across the board. Participation but. trophy is, is what, you know, what we get into. And we've had this the discussion a lot with, with other coaches, of you know, people feel they're entitled to, to whatever. And this is not, you know, just sports related it's in, in a job. You know, you show up and you feel like I should get this promotion. I should get this, this title. I deserve this corner office. What have you done to earn it? And, and that's the problem with, some of this participation aspect of everybody gets something. So, you know, one of the things growing up is you had to earn it. You had to earn your spot on the team. You weren't guaranteed a jersey. You weren't guaranteed, I'm going to be a, a shortstop. Right. Most times you started off, you were you were in the and, and you had to earn your way from that position to, to somewhere else. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's tough. Um, there's still some people today that feel like they, they just, if they come, they get their trophy, they get their start. Um, they don't want to come to practice. They just want to show up to a game and feel like they, they have earned the right to get that by just showing up. Right. But I guess I'm, I guess what I'm curious about is, is, do you think there is a balance necessary? Um, you, you mentioned you were told, here's what you did wrong. How can you fix it? Do you think there's some level of you still need to hear some of what you did right? You know what? I, I, I think for a lot of people today, yes. Um, for myself, I, I, I could see what I did right. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be in the paper. It would be um, other people talking about it, which was fine. Um, but there's a lot today, and I've noticed it more with coaching. You kind of have to approach each kid, um, your employees differently. You yeah. know, some they want that rah-rah speech, build them up, and they're going to go run through a wall for you. Others, you've got to kind of put that arm on their shoulder and talk them through a situation and say, hey, you know what? This is the last thing. We're down and run. We need you to get hit. I've got confidence in you. Your teammates have confidence in you. Do you have confidence in yourself? Right. So it's 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 like a chess game a lot of times. Yeah. It's yeah. learning to make that piece move to where it needs to go to, to make its best for everyone around. Right. And so, so for you, the, the way to get you to move around was to tell you, here's the things you did wrong and, and how you can improve or ask you how you could improve. And that motivated you. hundred um, percent. I, I, I use that cliche, the chip on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, I was told a lot of times in, in early life with sports that I wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. that I needed to, I needed to do better. Um, one of the things, and I wrote about this in another piece was 
in Little League Baseball, my sixth grade year, I batted like 800. By far the best batting average in the, in the, the whole league. But I didn't make All-Stars. Mm-hmm. I didn't make All-Stars that year because another coach was mad at my dad. I, I was supposed <laughs> to be an All-Star the year before, uh, but he said no because I started to get a little bit of an attitude. I was getting cocky. Mm-hmm. And Well, how could you, you know, not by, be? Oh, yeah. But it was <laughs> it was an eye-opener. It was, you know what, it, it showed it showed me that I still needed to work. Right. You know, it, there was things that, yeah, I mean, I, I may have had a, a really good season, but I think it's accolades from everyone. So it, it was it was really it, – it, it ruined some things for me because I didn't play baseball the next year because I was so upset. Right. But then I got to the point where I, I looked in a mirror and said, I gave up something I enjoy more than anything because I didn't get some acknowledgement about how good I was. Right. When it was obvious, all you had to do was look at the stats. And I'm a big numbers person. Mm-hmm. The numbers speak for themselves. So I didn't need somebody else to speak for me. And it took that, that year for me to understand just because somebody else doesn't think I was good enough, I knew deep down that I was. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. You know, that's interesting. I have a, um, a similar story, but from a different angle. Um, so I, I wasn't, I wasn't a big sports guy growing up. So, um, but in my career, um, there was a, there was a job that I, that I, that I had, um, uh, and my, <clears throat> my direct supervisor at the time, she basically, um, told me that there was this, there was this opening essentially for the next level up for me. And I had to temporarily take over that role for a short period of time, um, due to, due to some circumstances. And, uh, and the, so the opportunity seemed to be there cause I was in that role and um and then we had a conversation and and i asked well why why can't i just take it i'm doing it right now why can't i just take it and her response was uh because you're not ready and i i that that just burned in me i was just like what do you what do you mean i'm not ready (laughs) i'm doing it and um just drove me to get even better and then, you know, a couple of years later, I was in the role. And um, it was funny because down the road, she and I were at a conference and we were just chatting. And, and I said, do you remember when you told me that? And she said, yeah, I remember. <laughs> and I was like, it really upset me when you when you said that. And she goes, I know. I, I knew it would I knew it would get you going. <laughs> and so she literally she literally knew what button to push to push to push me to that next level. And that's, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, in sports and life that need that self-motivation. And, and a lot of people, the good coaches, the good bosses, coach you up by knowing what buttons to push. And in this regard, she she knew exactly what to do to get you to that level. Exactly. Um, and, and, and that's a perfect example because you were already doing something without a title. Yeah. And you were knocking it out of the park, but deep down you wanted that title. Right. When somebody told you you weren't ready, what did you do? You worked even harder to show that that title was yours. So right. again, 
the, the coaching part worked perfectly for you. That could have went the the opposite direction, right? They, she could have pushed you away from it, and, and that would have ruined, you know, your your career, your path, etc. But you, being motivated, you took that in stride and, and continued to push even harder. And that's that's the biggest thing that I was trying to to, to get by with this piece is even you know the the employees, the, the players having that mindset of, you know, when you read this, what kind of person am I going to be? Am I going to be that player that needs that extra motivation, that extra push to, to go past where I think I could be? A lot of times, you know, I, I look at in coaching is I want the best of my kids. Right. My job as a coach now isn't all about winning. Yeah. Winning is great. It gets you trophies and medals, but my, my best coaching is going to be years from now. I've had some kids I've coached from an early age. The, my first big coaching win happened this year. And it's one of the proudest moments of, of me doing what I do is I had kids that, you know, I'm getting to that age and level now where my guys are going into high school. Mm-hmm. I had four different kids all going to high school that all made their team. So everyone that tried out for high school made it. That's awesome. That was a coaching win for me. So, you know, it's, we didn't win a lot of tournaments. We didn't win as many games as I wanted to growing up. But we taught fundamentals. We taught them to have fun and enjoy the game. And by doing that, we told them about winning and how to, to improve all those things that they didn't do right. So when they got to the level that they're at now, those things are non-existent. They're doing everything to the level that they could and should be doing. And the level that as a as a high school high school coach, that's what you want from your player. Right. Well, and the the direction I thought you were going to go with that, um, but I th- I think you would agree this this works as well. Is when you when you said um, that you get I get my wins later, is mm-hmm. that the coaching you do now hopefully builds a really solid foundation for these kids, and then later in life that foundation that they've built on it it helps them in other ways not just in the sport but in life in general and that, oh, yeah. and you hear a story about that down the road or maybe they even comment to you you know it was because you did this just like in this article you mentioned several coaches that meant a lot to you just beyond your oh, yeah. beyond your dad you know oh yeah i mean there, there's two there's two coaches that come to mind um uh, john mustaine and Danny Wickline. And those, both those guys I had in high school. And, and again, I graduated high school, I'll, I'll, I'll admit it, 1998. So it's been several years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Coach Mustang, we, I had him as a teacher, as a freshman, um, as a freshman coach, JV coach. We just built a, a huge bond. It got to the point where he and I would get workout together. And we didn't really talk about sports. We talked about life and what, what areas and things that I wanted to do as I got older. And my connection has never left me. Uh, I still, to this day, I'll call coach. Um, I texted him earlier this week just to, just to check in. Uh, he calls me on my birthday at Christmas, all the major holidays, just to, to, to send a celebratory text. Um, he asked about my boys and see what they're doing. Uh, so it's been huge, just that, that relationship that we built as a coach now, that's something I'm hoping I can get with my players years from now, you know, 22 years from the last time they played, 
I'm hoping I can get that phone call just uh, at some point to say, hey, coach, this is what I did. Right. I will be so happy. So, right. <clears throat> is he still coaching? Uh, he actually retired um, two years ago. Gotcha. Uh, one of his last years, he was coach of the year uh, for West Virginia in AA level. Um, amazing, amazing person. He coached Matt James Monroe, um, every sport that you can think of. Wow. Softball, basketball, baseball, football. Um, and he was successful in all of them because of his care and desire for the kids. Right. Uh, again, he's that he's that person. If, if he told me, hey, go run through that wall for coach, wouldn't even question it. So, right. That's cool. So, so that difference, let's get back to the kind of the baseline here, coaching versus ruining. So we've talked a lot about coaching. What would you consider ruining? What's what, what, what kind of, uh, elements of, um, a person who should be in a coaching role could actually work to their detriment? What do you see that as? I've seen that a lot at, at some of these earlier ages where winning is all that matters. And um, some of these teams are built solely on winning. So, yeah, you're going to win early on, but you're not developing kids. So as other kids continue to work and are being coached, they're going to improve. If you're basing everything just on one element and not helping little Johnny get better, and growing as a player and a person, it's going to come back and get you. And you see a lot of these teams that are starting to um, self-destruct because they're not winning. There's, you know, there's a kid now who's a better shortstop, so he's going to play there. And the kid who's always been a shortstop, his dad gets mad and moves him to another team. Mm-hmm. So that that aspect of working and, and earning something, they're not getting. So, you know, in life, you've got to, a lot of times, you've got to earn your opportunities. And when they're hand-given to you and, and other things happen, uh, turmoil, uh, any kind of issues, you don't have to handle it. So you're, you're ruining a uh, kid's opportunity to grow by not helping them along the way. Right. Well, I think that's and, and you see that, you see, I mean, again, you see that in, in the workforce, too, where, to your point, you, you were doing a job. Um, you didn't have the title. You were probably doing the work of multiple people. So there's the compensation isn't there. The title's not there. A lot of people aren't going to continue to do that. Yeah. What are they going to do? They're going to leave a company. So now the company has a strong person in you who's left. So now they got to go back and fill your role plus the, your old role. So you, as one person, are going to be replaced by multiple people. Right. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it could, it could happen if it's, if it's not handled well. And that, I would definitely uh, count that as um, a, uh, not a great situation or, or ruining as we've titled this. So for sure. And you see it, you see it a lot too with, um, you know, you have people working together per se at a, at a company and you may have one person who is a good getter and, and doesn't do as much as they can succeed as a team. You know, that person who kind of sits aside, it, it's a, it's become a meme now with the hangover. So you've got the, the four guys and you have the one who is in charge, who does everything. You've got the one guy who at the very beginning says, I'm going to do this and disappears to the very end. You've got the guy who is helter skelter. Then you've got the other guy who has no idea what's going on. Yeah. So that's a lot of the times that's what you face in, in your everyday life. If you're that 
the person who does it all, it's hard to handle those other three. Mm-hmm. If you're one of the other three, then you're just trying to get by as best you can relying on the guy who's doing it all. So it, it's a tough environment when you don't work together and you're not used to being in the team situation to improve. Mm-hmm. You're ruining somebody else's opportunities. Yeah. Well, that's where a strong coach comes in um, because that person who, whoever that is that should be in charge of those, you know, four different personalities, for example, should be able to try to adapt uh, accordingly to those those folks to to kind of get them all to come together or to step up in the case of like, you know, Johnny goes missing. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and another thing that it's you can see from an early early age is respect. You know what what kids are being taught respect at home. You know what what kids on the field are being taught respect and it goes into the workplace. Is, is there still yes sir no sir? Is there the handshake and eye contact, or is it just one of those things where they brush past you and not giving you the time of day? Um, you know, when, when you're not taught an aspect that's a huge part of your life, you, you're setting yourself up for failure later on. Right. Absolutely. Well, and how much of that do you think is um, on each person individually? Like it's um, it's your responsibility to be to, to, to kind of self-motivate and to um, take on those traits that you're talking about and to, to find those things, you know, how, how, how much of that do you, um, do you look at your, the people you're coaching or the, um, the people at your workplace and say, why, you know, I shouldn't have to coach you to get to that point. You should want it. There's, and so I, last year's team, I had 12 kids. And there were some great self-motivators. There were some natural leaders who, who could help the other guys. You had some at the middle of the road who, who needed a push. And you had others that just, they lacked that confidence. You know, one bad game, one bad at bat, you know, an argument with the girlfriend, parents getting mad. It, it just, any little trigger threw them off uh, of their game. And as a coach, I had to go into each game, each practice, and, and get to know each player individually then as a, a unit and, and find those issues and, and try to help resolve those as quick as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and again, it's, it's a tough question because uh, you, you have different mindsets from a lot of different people, be it a background, you know, it's this pandemic. Now there's some people that are having issues with self-doubt or, or being alone or being isolated. Um, so they need a person to call, a text, that FaceTime, somebody driving by and waving. It's, it's just the little things that you have to figure out as you go uh, of what does people need to help them along the way. Yeah. No, I think, I think you hit it. I mean, it's it, what it comes down to is um, if most people probably within a vacuum and given no other outside um, influence would probably be self-motivated, but there is something either in their personal life, something that got them down, something psychologically that affected them and kind of tore away at their, at their confidence or their, um, their, their mojo, so to speak. So they, they weren't able to kind of, um, hit their stride and do the thing that they would naturally do otherwise. 
Um, and so that's where a coach comes in to sort of help build them up and, and kind of bring them back to, um, kind of a baseline. Oh yeah. Cool. All right. Well, this has been an awesome conversation. Um, the, uh, I guess to wrap up, do you have any final thoughts, any parting words of wisdom you want to share with our listeners? There's actually, uh, you know, the Michael Jordan, the last ride, last dance with the, the Bulls story has been amazing to watch. Mm-hmm. I was a fan growing up. Um, the thing that has stood out to me was in episode one, you know, they, they, everybody tells the story about Michael not making the basketball team as a sophomore. Yeah. And the one piece that a lot of people didn't know about is he went home that evening, told his mom, hey, I had to make the team. She didn't get on the phone. She didn't call the coach. She didn't go complaining. She looked him in the eye and said, you got to work harder if you want to make the team. <laughs> That's the kind of thing that we don't hear a lot of. Um, right. Sometimes it's that, that hard love, right? Um, that hard coaching, if you if you want to say it that way. Of You know what? Today wasn't your best day. Right. We've all had that experience where you just had a bad day. How are you going to come back from that? How are you going to say, you know what? That's beside me. I'm going to get better. To me, that's the perfect example of he had a bad day. Yep. He could have folded, stopped playing, and started complaining. No, he went to the gym. He worked harder. He got to the point where he was the best of all time. Yep. And it was that trigger. And if you've listened and watched this series, that guy used a trigger all the time. He used that tip on his shoulder, game in and game out, mm-hmm. to continue to show that he was the best. So, I mean, that, that's, to me, that's the perfect example of taking an opportunity, improving on it, and getting yourself better. Yep. Yeah, find, find your thing that you want to be the best at and, and work on it. His mom did an amazing job of building that confidence, too, so. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, obviously, you know, she, um, she had a lot of knowledge about what buttons would work for him. So, oh, so yeah. your, your best yep. coach is often, you know, someone in that position. Yes. So good deal. All right. Well, let's uh, wrap there and um, we'll chat again next time. Thanks for talking. Thank you, Eric. See ya.